I got my pick the litter. So, uh, I get to shit where I want. Ah, Jesus, Clint. <sighs> Who needs Febreze? When you got, uh, you know, the tidy cat. And boy, does she have a tidy cat. Um, <laughs> cats in the krill and the silver spoon in that booty. Until, you know, the man on the moon wants to rise. Um, <laughs> ah, Jesus. But yeah, welcome to episode 173 of the Off and Be podcast with Clint Nelson. I am your host, Clint Nelson. Hence, in the fucking name. Uh, don't forget to like, hit the notification bell on all apps, subscribe, follow the pod, wherever the fuck you follow. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, recording this on October 4th, 2022. Yeah, your boys, the episodes are coming farther and farther in between. Sooner or later, it's going to be like just a monthly. Fuck, it may just be a biannually. It may just be a once a year show. Um, but yeah, recording this October 4th, 2022. Recording this at 12.56 a.m. Eastern, a little bit after midnight. Yeah, your boys just been uh not really in the pot and mode. Been busy with my typical stuff, but I've had some opportunities to do it. Actually, something weird happened where I try to record an episode and like five minutes in for the first time ever, I stopped recording because I just didn't have it. That's how much I care about you guys. I'm not just going to give you complete bullshit, at least, you know, my idea of bullshit, which again, not really high. The standards are pretty low, um, but yeah. Um, I am, I think I I had an epiphany at work tonight. Someone was trying to conversate with me and just be nice and stuff. And I realized I am so painfully awkward. Like, hence, the show is about being awkward. The show is called Off and Beat because I'm off all the time. And I beat to my own drum. But goddamn, like, I don't know how people do it with me. I don't know how people even talk to me. Because I am so bad. I, like, it's almost impressive. It's almost like you have to try hard to be as awkward as I am. And it's not something that I take pride in. I'm not one of those people that because... I'm different in my social and personality. That's not something I take pride in. But I understand the reality. Um, But speaking of being awkward. There's nothing more awkward in the world. And I don't care what people say. I don't care how nice you think you're being. I don't care. Oh, look at the little boy scout at the front of a grocery store selling popcorn. No one gives a fuck about your dry ass popcorn. There's better popcorn in the fucking grocery store in those bullshit smart food bags. The white cheddar popcorn. Then your bullshit, you know, oh, they just put some food coloring, some yellow food coloring on these fucking popcorn. And they're like, hey, welcome to the Boy Scouts uh, where, you know, you're learning how to tie knots, you know. Because literally, the only time you're ever going to use this is in the bedroom. Um, because when are you just going to be out in the woods? I understand survival, but unless you're Bear grills or you travel to the Amazon and you need to survive, you're not really going to need to know how to do this shit. It's literally because the Boy Scouts is grooming you for for, for the sex. All right? Um, this shit tied like four knocks. Uh Oh, and something about the roommate. Now I'm making sure the door's locked. Okay, J. Cole. Um, I tell you, bitch, it was good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, you could do more than hit it in the morning. Sun rising while she moaning. Because, you know, you really put that bitch in the knot. Um, <laughs> ready or not, here I come on your back. Eh, maybe, you know. If you're on your period, fuck it, may just do it in you. 
Like, oh, that creamy blood. Oh, Jesus, Clint. All right, now we've gone down the rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's nothing more awkward than when you just are just entering a grocery store and it's a group of people selling something up front and you know and you see it from like 50 feet away as you're walking you're like, ah, oh, shit. Because now you're put in a predicament to be an asshole. Because you're not going to give this Boy Scout the time of day. And his mom is forced there. She, she was on her phone. And this, you know, this boy, this little Boy Scout, he was just like, hey, please, you know, you want to support the Boy Scouts, you know? You guys want some popcorn? It's like, no. No one goes to the grocery store and buys popcorn. Oh, but, you know, you're supporting the Scouts. It's like, no. The only Boy Scout I've ever actually enjoyed was the movie The Last Boy Scout. And it had nothing to do with being a Boy Scout. All right? Um, See, like, if I was a Boy Scout, my corny ass, like, if I was a dad, right, and my kid was in the Boy Scouts, like, I would be like, hey, come on. I would have like a cutout of Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. If you get the reference, you get the reference. And I would just have like cutouts of them. So you get like the adults that like understand the reference. And the kids are like, wow, look, it's Bruce Wayne or Bruce Willis. Oh, shit, if it was Bruce Wayne, you better fucking buy the popcorn. Um, <laughs> especially if Bruce Wayne was actually the little Boy Scout. You know, it's like, hey, man, both your parents are dead. Like, buy my fucking popcorn. Jesus. Um, that'd be weird if I had a sign like, you know, people have signs like, I'm a homeless, I need money. It's like, both my parents died. And I saw it with my own eyes. Like, yeah, at that point, I have to buy your popcorn. Um, like, at that point, you are a piece of shit. If you, if it, it's like, hey, this actually is going towards so I can actually, like, have a fun, a college fun. Since even though his parents were billionaires, but in this hypothetical situation of Bruce Wayne actually existing, Bruce Wayne looks like like Bruce Wayne as a child when they showed in the movies, at least in the one movie, he does look like a Boy Scout. Like he looks like oh that looks like a stereotypical kid that would be in the Boy Scouts. Now I don't think whatever you learn in the Boy Scouts is gonna really you know translate to being Batman. All right, maybe a few things you know you get the little. Like the bat, you know, you got to be able to climb shit, you know, you got to be able to fling in, make an entrance, you know, got to be able to, you know, use some equipment. But other than that, like, eh, I don't think the Boy Scouts teach you how to, you know, do karate or Muay Thai or MMA. Really, Batman was ahead of all the MMA, at least in the movies, they try to make it like it's MMA. Um, it's out here kicking ass and shit. Um, but, um, yeah, anyways, back, back back to the poor Boy Scout. There's nothing more awkward than when you're walking, and it's like they're using a kid to guilt you. Because if you just walk past and ignore them, like a grown adult, you could walk past and ignore. Like, oh, you know, donate, you know. Donate to the Red Cross as they ring in a bell and shit. It's like, eh, nah. Donate to the Salvation Army. Nah, but it's a kid. You got to at least be like, oh, not today. Oh, I don't have cash. It's like, actually, we take we take credit cards now. It's like, shit. Where the fuck did the Boy Scouts start taking credit cards? It's like, they probably didn't even used to take checks, but now, fuck, like, hey. Just give us your social shit. You know, actually, we have PayPal. We have fucking Google Pay now. Samsung Pay. Who the fuck? Shit. Fucking buy it in crypto. Like, it's not real. You know, none of this shit's real money. It's all digital. It's all the same shit. Um, but yeah, it's really awkward. Because you see it from a distance and you're like, fuck. How am I going to enter through the entrance to avoid because I noticed the kid, he was actually more focused on the people exiting. 
And when there would be a lot of people asking, be like, come on, please, if you, you know, hey, you guys interested or whatever. And so I, I perfectly timed it. And I'm so proud of myself in the most shittiest way when I say this. This is how much I avoid any social. I'm avoiding social interaction with 11-year-old Boy Scout. That's how socially I do not want to interact with human beings at times. Is that the right side was entrance, the left side is the exit. I'm like, fuck. How am I going to do this? So I try to go to the outer side and the outer part of the sidewalk and maybe sneak in. And he was looking through the middle area. And luckily some people came out and I snuck right in. I was like, yes, I'm halfway through this escapade. So I go in the grocery store, get my shit. A few minutes later, I'm exiting. Well, more than a few minutes later. And as I'm exiting, I'm like, fuck. I know he's waiting on the exit side. I see him looking out because he's like kind of just looking out, exiting. No one's like, I was like, fuck. So what I did, my sneaky ass, I exited through the entrance area. And I just sped walk out there. Sped walking the outside. He was distracted by something else. And I got away. Yes, I escaped the Boy Scout and his popcorn. That I was never going to buy. And I never had to say no. So I was never a piece of shit. I never felt that guilt. And it's kind of sad. But at the same time, I'm actually kind of happy. Because I, I just can't look a young boy in the eyes. And tell him no. Well, Jesus, that came out weird. Like, because I would look at my son. Like, hey. I wouldn't want, you know, my son to just be rejected all fucking day. That's a lot for a young man to take. Now I'm all about building young, strong men in society. But damn, we don't have to tear them down before, you know, it's got to be some type of building up. I'm going to tear you down, build you up. This is back and forth to kind of, you know, make them feel real. And like, you put your kid in that position. Like, it's not like Girl Scout cookies, like. 80% 80% of the people will walk by are going to be like, oh my god damn it, I wish I had my fucking cash. People may even be like, fuck, I'm going to go to the bank, withdraw some cash, and shit, where I'm going to come and uh, tag along. <laughs> Give me some mo of that. <laughs> uh, Clint, you dumb fuck. And I agree. Um, but no one's going to do that for your dry ass popcorn in a clear bag. Just not. And the reality is the Boy Scouts probably actually do more for the, you know, the little rascals that participate. They probably actually learn a lot more than the Girl Scouts. But the Girl Scouts marketing, this is the one thing I don't want to hear nothing about equality or feminism or modern shit. Because you know what? No one gives a fuck about the Boy Scouts. And everyone gives a fuck about the Girl Scouts. All because of a product they sell. We don't give a fuck about the kids. Most of y'all don't even know what the Girl Scout does. You don't know what they actually teach them. Like. Shit. Yeah. Turn down the phone. Someone's interrupting my pod. Um, something about the the Girl Scout. Like, no one actually knows what they do. The only thing I give credit for the Girl Scouts. And the only reason why I know shit about the Girl Scouts is because of the movie The Pacifier. And boy, uh, uh, there's a few nipples I've been sucking recently. Ah, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Oh, my nip. Uh, I guess you could nip that in the bud. And, uh, little bud, I'm, uh, enrolling you out of the Boy Scouts. Like, you know, to just, just get your kids in the sports. I feel like the Boy Scouts is, like, the place a dad puts their kid into because they, they're not good at sports. They don't want to do sports. Because when I played sports, any. Any team I was on in any sport, I did not know a single fucking person that did the Boy Scouts. 
I think the Boy Scouts is kind of like for guys that can do a shitload of pull-ups, but they're not really like built. And I feel like the Boy Scouts is more of just like, eh, it's a, it's a hobby, which I guess playing sports is a hobby and athletics is a hobby, but like, it's almost like the Boy Scouts is just the kind of bring camaraderie and community hence most common thing here that kids need and it's a good thing but you guys dress like they make them dress weird like the girl scouts you know they they have like the green little beret over the chest it's almost like a fanny pack they got going on over the shoulder and yeah I just don't think that, I just don't think anyone gives a fuck about the Boy Scouts. And the fact that they had, like, they were in front of the store, and I just looked at them, and I wanted to avoid the interaction at all costs. Because I knew I wouldn't want to buy it. I didn't want to break a young boy's heart. I didn't want, I didn't want that kid to hear another no. So I think I actually was more considerate than the rest of y'all. I don't want to tell the young boy no. I don't want to hurt his feelings. Because no, I know no one was buying his popcorn. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'm going to move on from that one. But yeah, no, it's, it's always awkward when people are selling stuff in front of store. Because you're putting me in a position that's like, literally what you're selling me, I can, I'm, I'm at the store to buy shit. If I wanted, if I was like, you know what I want to do? I want to order some Boy Scout popcorn. I would have gone online and ordered some Boy Scout popcorn. I didn't go to the store to buy your popcorn. It's weird when people sell stuff in front of a store that has more options of the shit they're trying to sell in front. And chances are better options. They literally have like legitimate popcorn in there. I can buy like movie theater popcorn that I could pop at home and you want me to give it this dry ass shit in a bag that like some of you would get at a carnival like what what are we doing here and you know I, I guess the kids are learning at a young age nowadays like hey if your product sucks like no one's gonna no one's gonna buy your shit just because you're associated with something. That's the reality. It's a cold world out here. Get your shit together, Boy Scouts. Um, but yeah. Um There's nothing transitioned smoothly out of this one. Yeah. I guess some I'll say I guess like the moral of that whole thing is I did I did the boy a favor. I saved him another rejection. And me awkwardness of telling a young kid, a young entrepreneur no. It's not personal, but you know. I spent 28 bucks at the grocery store. I didn't want to spend another seven. Um, but yeah. Transitioning out of that. I've noticed a common thing with me. Is that with my routine. How I eat. When I eat. Now that I'm eating a lot more before my workouts. And consuming coffee before my workouts because I ran out of pre-workouts. I've been kind of experimenting with this and it actually has been working really well. Um, My pre-workout poops have been insane. I'm not trying to get disgusting here, but I think think it's important to mention that the pre-workout poop is the most relieving feeling you will ever have. And be, because see here, here's the beauty of the pre-workout poop right. It's almost like you're letting go. Before you add on. I'm letting go of something. 
before I add on the gains. It's a balancing act. You know, it's because sometimes like people be trying to eat so much and drink a shitload of water and all that. And they're adding, adding, adding. Then they're working out and adding muscle, adding muscle. It's just adding, adding, adding. Sometimes you need to take away some to add something. You have to reward yourself. And when you do that pre-workout poop, and specifically when you do it at your gym, first of all, I feel really bad for the lady employees there that have to clean the bathroom. There's nothing worse than when you go at the times of day where they clean it literally right before you go in there. And then when you poop, even when you flush it, some of the poop is starting to streak down the toilet seams. If you get what I'm saying, like down the hole, it's like, uh, I know you guys just bleached it and I smell, I smell the bleach. I smell the cleaning. I smell the cleanliness and I'm sorry, but I do it to them. Um, it's not good shit. Well, it was a good shit, but not for them. Um, it almost makes me feel like, Hey, you know, you guys can just leave the bucket out. I'll clean it after. Because I feel bad sometimes. I feel bad. I feel bad when like. I blow up a bathroom. But at the same time. When you. When you. Truly embody. Just. Letting the shit out. In the toilet. And then you go work out. My workouts are always better. I don't know what it is. It's like something about holding your shit in. All night. Not that I hold in, but if I eat really late before I go to bed, that shit's gonna just circulate. It's just gonna correlate. It's just gonna embody my internal system. And then I wake up and I eat. And then I drink coffee and all the way to the gym. And then I get there and it just all has to come out. It's like a routine now. Part of my routine is I have to set myself up to poop. Because I notice when I don't poop before my workout, I just don't feel right. And the pre-workout poop, man, is highly underrated. I suggest you guys try it. Um, But yeah. I'm gonna, uh, I will say this about, you know, my gym, my gym adventure. You know, look, I'm a man. I'm a man who's worked hard on my body. I put in the time. I'm not ashamed to admit. I put in the time and I like the way I look. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> oh, Joseph, only if I had, you know, a decent amount of money in my bank. Okay. Can't even afford a... The only thing I can afford is a lawsuit, you know, for my fucking car, because it has a recall, and I refuse. Well, not refuse, but it's a pain in the ass. I don't want to go through the process. Yes, there's a recall on something about my engine, only like, I don't know, the most important part of the vehicle, um, and the most expensive, so I should probably actually get it fixed before it actually becomes a problem, and then I have to pay for it. But you know what? It's highly inconvenient. I hate going through those processes. It always is just, ugh. Makes me want to strangle a bitch. Um, and yeah, the, these fucking class action lawsuits, these fucking recalls on these vehicles, they're just nothing but inconveniences. Like, how, when you create a vehicle, I understand. There's no such thing as a perfect vehicle. I understand that mass production, if a one small thing is wrong in mass production, it fucks up a lot of production. But goddamn, like, fuck. Why are you doing this to me? I just hate inconveniences. I can handle the real stresses of life, but inconveniences drive me fucking wild uh but um yeah 
But no, anyways, what was I talking about? Oh, I do find it, um, I do find it kind of interesting how the Jordan Peterson thing, right? Where he's doing an interview with Piers Morgan or some shit. And he's basically asking him, like, you know, what is it like, you know, with all this shit you get from, you know, people, especially, you know, feminism and typically women, they call you incels, people say you're problematic because you actually speak to young men. It's crazy how when someone speaks to young women, they're not problematic, but when a man speaks to young men, trying to prepare them for the realities of the world and shit and try to bring that to knowledge and all really the people like Jordan Peterson try and do, they're trying to bring to the masses of what a man and what a boy has to act, what the expectation of the world and how the world will treat them. When you really look at what people like Jordan Peterson really have tried to do. And what's frustrating in how people try to cover him negatively and stuff is that all the people and I'll look I'll I'll just say all like the extreme feminism that try to call Jordan Peterson an incel in a negative way. First of all, they only know what an incel is. Someone who holds men to a standard, but also has empathy for what a boy or a man has to do growing up in this world. Something that, as a man himself, who is successful, sees that some men going through life have no fighting chance of making it. Because of how things are structured, how we look at things, how lack of empathetic we have towards men and their feelings and emotions. And people wonder why men become fuckboys. People wonder why men become repulsed by women. A lot of it could be done to now because single motherhood is this promoted thing or it's this just accepted thing. And I think the saddest part of it all is you have a guy here that is trying to just make people understand what's what really a man has to go through. What a man has to do to survive in this world. And how little fathers, how little just young men are actually looked out for and cared for. And they're never actually taken care of in this world. It's becoming less and less as time goes on. Because all, all we are is told that we are less important than ever. That we ain't this. That we don't, we don't need men. We don't need this. We don't, we don't need to value them. They are just a thing. And these are coming from our future mothers, future grandmothers. And it's sad. But the saddest part of the situation is it's funny how he he gets emotional because he points out something that really pokes the hypocrisy in the people that blame him for um, to shit on him for what he speaks about and stuff. Is that... All he did was expose exactly what he's talking about. And is that they laughed at him because he said, I thought I thought it was good to have a voice for the marginalized. And of course, woman of big news companies, specifically one of the Young Turks or whatever, she she laughed about it. She laughed like this 
Oh, look. Laughed at this man's emotions, which is exactly what he has been reminding. Exactly what all these people in the manosphere. Exactly what all these internet, you could say, internet coaches or whatever. Or just people that speak about this stuff. Have a following what they've been trying to tell you. And this is why, like, I think men, we've be, we're becoming less and less uh, connected or attached to certain things because we have to. Because at the end of the day, if we know that we we are not really looked out for by anyone except, you know, our family, and that from woman, any woman you meet that you want to court into your future wife like it's becoming less and less like you're not really looked out for in this world and you got to go accordingly the worst thing you do is expect that the world is going to give a fuck about something about you and they just don't why should they all they're being told is how much you're a problem in society how much you're holding how much you've been all the advantages you have that women don't have. Even though I think what the Ime Yudoka situation would actually prove is that, hmm, well, we're not going to make this, as Malika Andrews said, well, we're not going to make this as an attack on women. It's like, really? Because it seems like women in a workplace have so much more advantages than men. There's so many instances of women in higher positions of power, sleeping with men in lesser positions of power, with authority, and nothing happens to them. Absolutely nothing. No one gets fired or nothing. But anytime a man in position of power sleeps with a woman who's not in a position of power, all of a sudden, oh, this is problematic. Of course, Malika Andrews made it about, oh, we're not going to, what we're not going to do is make this about the woman who he consensually slept with or was with. We're not going to make this an attack. How is it an attack on someone where it was consensual? That, that's the part that was confusing about all that. It's, it's not an attack. She had a choice and voluntarily participated. If you have a choice and voluntarily and voluntarily participated, you have the you had the power to say yes or no. And you said yes, and that was your choice. Well, one thing I'm talking well, one thing I'm really getting sick, honestly, of a lot of this shit is we're making it like women don't have the choice of who they sleep with. That that's this crazy thing that we try to make it out. In a workplace, like, oh, like, a girl's just not going to sleep with someone that just out of pressure like that. That's just not really, unless it's an actual forceful situation. Like, a girl may politely have conversation with someone that she doesn't really conversate. But she's not going to fuck someone just because just she wants to get this person, you know, out of the, the, like, they wanted the fuck. They wanted to participate in something. Let's not make it like if a woman says yes to something like, oh, well, what we're not going to do is attack. Like she, those, that woman should have been exposed publicly too. If you're going to expose the one side, you know what? Expose it all. This picking and choosing, we're going to choose. Oh, we'll expose all these things about the guy who did the wrong thing, quote unquote, in a workplace. But they didn't expose the woman that participated in it. That that part's crazy to me. Because if it's wrong, it's wrong all around. Not just on his part. And so I think... It's this thing that... It's this brainwashing thing that's happened now. Like, I think women have way more advantages in a workplace than men. But... Women are also put in weird spots because men can be a little too, eh, be a little too pressy and stuff. Like, I get, I get that part. I'm not trying to dismantle because I've been very vocal about, like, yeah, in a workplace environment, I'm very mindful of 
the constant, if you're just semi-attractive in a workplace, to be honest, like you're going to get bombarded with attention. Like it just is what it is. As a woman, like you could just be, you could honestly just be barely average looking as a woman in a workplace environment. You know, for most dudes where that's the only place they're going to get any female companionship. I mean, you're like Salma Hayek to them. So, I've been very vocal about that. The fact that, like, yeah, I understand, like, the constant badgering in a workplace type of thing. I get it. It can get annoying. But you know what? You know what's also really annoying? One day when that attention stops. Ask any girl that used to get a shitload of attention and all that stuff. And then now they're, like, slightly older. Maybe they're not as attractive for whatever reason. They age. Guys don't look at them the same. And they're not married and all that stuff. Even if they are married. Even if you are married or with someone. You still want to feel like someone is giving you attention. That people still find you attractive. It's an ego boost. It's a confidence boost. It kind of makes you feel like you have value as a person. Guy or girl, to be honest. Like, I, like you should want to be with someone that other people find attractive. Because it's that reinforcement. Like, yeah. It's like... It still keeps that spark alive. The fact that you still have to keep your shit up to make this person stay with you. And it keeps each other at your best. Because the second, like, no one's really trying, like, there's no incentive to really keep up with yourself or be better for yourself. And it's competition. Like, you want to, like, you want to be fucking attractive. But, you know, kind of going back to the Malika Andrews and, Hurting the Stephen A. Smith. What we're not going to do is make this attack on women. Even though he wasn't. It's like it's not an attack. When the person voluntarily participated in something. That's not an attack. They're not a victim in this situation. They are just as responsible for what took place as Ime Yudoka was. And they were married. And some of the girls that quote-unquote participated in this, allegedly quote-unquote, that we don't want to expose their names officially, but people have kind of done the work. Like, yeah, one was the fucking vice president's fucking wife. Okay. So we're going to feel sympathy for her because she didn't respect her marriage. But we're going to shit on Ime Yudoka because he didn't respect his situation with his wife slash girlfriend, whatever they technically were. But we're going to give the one who is married and the vice president, all that, a free pass, right? Oh, you know, she's going through a lot. Yeah, she was going through a lot. When a lot of his dick was always inside of her, all right? <laughs> she was she was going through it, all right? Um, it's like, you know, you just don't understand. It's like, yeah. I don't have to understand. I didn't have to be there. Thank God I wasn't actually there to see it. But yeah. Apparently, he was also banging Brad Stevens' assistant. It's like, damn. <laughs> That's why Brad Stevens was crying. He's like, hey. I was I was fucking her. Um <laughs> But the way the reason the way I'm gonna tie this back in is because even as a grown adult, even when you become successful, even when you hear like all this stuff like, oh, it's so much hard to be fi-, the benefit of the doubt is never given to a male in those situations. And that's what Jordan Peterson's saying when he's saying no one gives a fuck about you. Does it literally mean that no one in your life gives a fuck about you? No. Because hopefully at least you have a family, you have parents, you have siblings. Maybe you have a girlfriend and stuff. Like Maybe you have a cat, dog. I don't know. There's people that give a fuck about you. But what it means is in the end result of your goals and your drive and what you want to accomplish... And when bad things happen to you, when unideal things happen to you, no one's going to give a fuck about you. 
And that's honestly kind of universal for guys or girls. But especially for guys. Because you know what? If you don't figure it out, you're fucked. And the reality is, as a woman in this world, you can have so much baggage. You can make so many mistakes with men and all this stuff. And you can get a guy to accept your situation. Love you for you and all that stuff. And you can have a guy that provide for you and all that stuff. And guess what? It's like, hey, you know what? Things worked out for me. That's not the way it is for guys. And I'm not saying it should be any different. But that's that's what Jordan Peterson has tried to inspell on young men. To prepare them for the reality of the world they're going in. Your like your emotions, exposing your emotions to someone shouldn't be this traumatizing thing. It shouldn't be this thing that makes you be viewed as weaker. And when he exposed his emotions because of how passionate he is about what he's been teaching and trying to prepare men for, all he did was... The reason why he got emotional because he knows that when he's being emotional, that men are just viewed as second-class citizens now. But yet, we're expected to do first-class work to make this world continue going around. We take all the blame. We take we we keep everything running in this world, and we take all this shit. And yet, we come home to lean cuisine for dinner. And I'm not talking literally like, oh, girls can't cook. I mean like in a very precocious sense. In a very non-literal sense, we do all these things. We're expected. We're expected to make this, this, and, and we come home to kind of like a lean cuisine result. And... That's how marginalized we've been. That's what we kind of deserve, right? Our emotions mean nothing. We're not given the benefit of doubt. But unfortunately, that's what they've been preparing us for. That's what it's meant you have to be prepared for in this world. That no one gives a fuck about you. And the way... He got emotional and how a lot of women and how a lot of people who are against his re- reality of teaching, to be honest. I'll just say his reality of teaching, of the reality of how this stuff works, exposes exactly why his teaching, his philosophies, his ideas have more... Staying power than ever. Sorry to get on my soapbox here, but I think it's very important. He got emotional and passionate about something that most people don't even have anything they're passionate. There's nothing like the thing that he cried over and got emotional about. Most people, unfortunately, in this world. Don't even have something that they would get that emotional about something they're passionate about. Because most people aren't even passionate about nothing anymore. The fact that someone was passionate about feeling bad for a young man growing up in this world nowadays. And just men in general like. Exposes that people don't really give a fuck about when he said, I thought the marginalized I'll be a voice for the marginalized. And yet all we've been hearing about the past couple years is how people, these white knights of people, people who want to speak for marginalized groups, as we call, and they want to be the voice for marginalized groups, even though they're not a voice of marginalized. They want a voice for marginalized groups, but then when someone else does it, they point the finger like, no, you can't be the voice. Even though he's much more qualified than you to be a voice of any type of marginalized group. But 
It's just sad. We got people speaking about things. We got people and their ideas. We got people who want who want the point the finger, who want to blame this and blame that. But they don't actually want to see stuff for what they are. And unfortunately, um, for Jordan, I'm a big fan of his. I don't care what people say. Because honestly, a lot of times, it's not even about being, it's not even about being an incel. Because he, he's, I don't think people actually know what an incel looks like. An incel is someone who actually hates women. Never one time has he talked about hating women, essentially. It's about the reality of... It's about the reality of being a man on the simplest of levels. That's what all this stuff's about. Because being a man is one of those things that is frowned upon, but in reality, people secretly want it. That's why, like, now, anytime, like, the standard back in the day was, like, if you were, like, masculine was, like, a minimum standard. Nowadays, if you're just remotely look like you're masculine, even if you're not, like, you stand out. And girls swoon over that. And that's one of those things like girls won't say is is this unkept secret. But nowadays, it's like fewer and fewer, like truly masculine dudes, from the look, how they carry themselves, what shit they can do. And now it's just like, oh, if you can just do a few things that's considered manly, like holy fuck, dude, like you are set. It's one of those things that people say, oh, it doesn't matter. But listen, but actually watch how people react. Watch who the men, that woman actually choose. And you will get your answer on a lot of that shit. That's why, like, I know it sounds bad. But never actually listen to what a woman says they want. That's something I learned from, I would say, like, it wasn't one of those direct teachings that you learn from your father. Is one of those hints why fathers are important. Because you actually learn a lot more about female nature. When you actually watch how a, how a husband and wife dynamic or a man and woman dynamic. When you grow up in a household. You actually understand men and female nature and how it actually works. And how it should look. And now this bullshit they tell you about, oh, everything's 50-50. It's like, no. There's roles. You don't do 50% of this and 50 Like, no. You do this. I do this. And this is how you make this house spin. This is how you make the shit work. That's that's this 50-50 of we're just going to do, you know. I'll, you know, I'll share. It's like, no. You work together. And then you do this, I do this, because this shit needs to get done, and you should do this, and I should do this. That's how this shit works. That's the real, that's the real truth and honesty about a lot of this shit. And I think when you grow up in that household, or you see it firsthand, you actually understand it. That's why I like it. That's why I don't even like listen to people when they talk about this shit. When I hear people try to tell me how fucking oh gender roles don't matter, gender dynamics, it's like I don't think gender roles have to be so black and white. I'll agree. I can understand that, but gender dynamic, the gender dynamics between a man and a woman. When it comes to a companionship and a partnership. I I understand that a whole lot more by seeing it and living it firsthand. And understand why it's important. Than 
a lot of, than a lot of people that try to tell you this, that, and the other. Because the truth of it doesn't always look the prettiest. It's not always, oh, you know, we have these cordial conversations. Like, you know, sometimes you got to argue with the bitch. Excuse my language. But sometimes you got to argue with the guy. Sometimes you're going to argue with each other. And sometimes you don't come to a conclusion. Sometimes you just argue to get the shit out. And then you go about your day. And you continue doing what you need to do. It just is what it is. That's real dynamics. And then. It it actually creates respect. And that's the thing. Everyone wants to be these peaceful and cordial arguments and shit. That's not how this shit works. And the reason why. Now this heavy need to always come to a middle ground and peace with your partner and stuff like that when it's not always genuine is because people are so afraid to walk away from situations that they feel they always got to come to an answer a conclusion and that's just not sometimes you don't always come to a conclusion immediately sometimes no let that shit fester this whole thing of oh we'll just agree to disagree you know i'll just i'll just do no that's not how the stuff works If you know this needs to be done, you do not steer from that. You got to honestly ignore people. I know how weird that's. You got to ignore what people are saying about this shit. Because people don't know a goddamn thing about this shit. But that's what the Jordan Pearsons are trying to warn you about. Is that if you don't have direction, if you don't embody what it is to be a man, why the fuck would any woman actually respect that you can do it? And that's why there's this whole like, meet me halfway shit. Like, no. Sometimes, if you're taking care of all the shit you need to be doing... Sometimes I don't have to explain to you nothing. This is the way it is. And sometimes you got to be like that. It's not about being misogynist. Because people just throw that term on everything. Being a man is misogyny just by existence. Apparently. And that's just not to me. And to me. It's one of these beaten down topics that I feel like it's been covered from all angles. And I feel like people always just use generic term like the patriarchy. Oh, it's the patriarchy that are holding people down. It's like, no, it's not. Anytime, the next time you hear someone say, oh, it's the patriarchy. Ask them what the fuck a patriarchy is. No, just ask them. What is the patriarchy? And I guarantee you, they're they're just going to give some generic, vague thing that doesn't really... Oh, it's the the systematic shit, you know, all this shit. It's like, okay. Exactly. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's sad. Because, you know... And I get it, like, it's... Men... Are more scared to be men than ever. And I think Jordan Peterson really. In that moment you saw. Like it's it's scared. It's men. Young men. And men in general. You're more scared to be. A man than ever. Because. You know. That that's what is needed, but at the same time, you know you won't be accepted. And you know the world is kind of against you, but at the same time, you know the world needs you. And I think that's when you hear him cry. You hear him, it's like, you're in a lose-lose situation. But would you rather... Live your life 
being what you're naturally wired to be or to be this neutered version of what kind of society has kind of dwindled you down to and you're nothing but a paycheck. This is literally all we are. Like when you really look at in every facet, like it's not just about having money used to be a form of status. As a man, making money, making a living is a form of taking care of your family. It's a form of, hey, it's supposed to generational. It's it's a reason that you can continue to progress and bring your family the most value as possible. Nowadays, your money is used more as for child support, is used more for everything but what actually builds generational family wealth. And that is a separation within the family by dividing the family, by dividing the money out of spite. And that's why I think the child support thing is one of the worst things that's ever happened. Unfortunately, it was needed because a lot there was the bum ass dudes. But then for the men that are there for their family, but just because the white doesn't like them anymore, these absurd amount of money. And all it does is actually in the long term, all it does is actually limits the potential of what the kid can actually reach to. And it, re- and it limits the potential of what that family can actually accomplish and actually indulge on together. Because it actually lessens the money that that family actually can actually do with. And that's the real shame of it all. Is I think when you really look at what the Jordan Petersons of the world are saying... Is that the incentive to the incentive to progress in this world as a man is becoming less and less worthwhile? Is that because now if you're a man of value, you are a target for that value be dwindled. And then if you're a man of very little value, no one wants anything to do with you. And that's always been kind of a reality, but in different ways. But now more than ever, it seems like there's no like genuine happy medium. And that's why I think that's why I think the Jordan Peterson is saying that. Are marginalized because even when you are not marginalized in the sense of you have means and you're doing well in life, you're marginalized because that's all you are. You're just a man that has money, and that's all you're looked at. And you know, people are like, oh, having a nice body, you're just a piece of meat. Like, well, when you have money, you're just an ATM to people. And that's all people want use. That's all people want to use you for. And that's all you're marginalized to. A man, you know, if you're a man that works multiple jobs just to provide for your child, oh, you're just doing what you're supposed to do. Like what? Like Okay, but the roles are reverse. Wow, this is the problem with society is that women have to work so much and all this stuff. It's like, I agree. But you're just doing what you're supposed to do. And I don't know, I got, I, Jesus, this, this pot got really sad real quick. But you know that... I think the Jordan Pearson video and stuff and that interview thing it exposed how people really how people really view this shit and what his emotions really show that we can't even show our emotions without being criticized or being made fun of.
And we wonder why, as that TikTok therapist that got fired from her job, was saying, you know, men need to learn how to communicate and all this stuff. We're not selling for men that aren't emotionally available. It's like, well, this is why. Look what happened when he was emotionally available because of how he feels that men are emotionally available. All you did was make a man who was emotionally available publicly for the world to see and shitted on him and made fun of him for being emotionally available because he feels bad that man can't be emotionally available by literally how you responded. So I think I'm going to end the pod there. All right, guys, that was episode 173 of the Off and Be podcast with Clint Nelson. Jesus, sorry, these pods have become so sentimental, but... You know, you give me enough time to think about shit. I'll talk about the shit for 30 minutes. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe. But most importantly, don't forget to hit the notification bell. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. All right, guys. Whenever this is posted, have a great day. I'm glad I actually recorded an episode. Jesus Christ, Clint. Get your shit together.